This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. When we hit the offseason and I was, I was asking Kyle, you know, how committed are you to continuing the Flagrant Howls podcast throughout the offseason? I said, are you, are you all in, man? Are you, are you in? Are you part of the Flagrant Howls community? And you said, that's the plan. <laughs> so what do you mean that's the plan? Are you not? Are you, this, is a, this is a five-year Flagrant Howls contract here. You know, we brought you over from Canis Hoopus. We doubled your salary. I don't know if we did that. <laughs> you can't show a little commitment? Mm. My, uh, my wife... Asked me the other day, she's like, "Do you don't don't you just love being married, or like how, we're gonna be married and soulmates forever?" And I was like, "Well, that's the plan." Yeah. And she was like, <laughs> "She was like, wait, what?" And I was, she's like, "Aren't you committed?" And I was like, "Well, today I am. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I plan on staying here." It's, she's like, "Can you just say that you're gonna be here forever?" And I was like, "My uh, soul, my my focus is on making sure that this summer yeah. is a is a great marriage, <laughs> it's the best marriage we can have moving forward." And uh, I don't know, I I, I know. Uh, just start it off. Just get into it because right. I have some I have some thoughts. So uh, Chad Hartman, good. You know, it's funny. I used to, I used to do. I, I've known Chad for like twenty years, and he's I would say one of my better friends in the Minnesota sports media. And he he's doing a three hour radio show on WCCO, the flagship home of the Timberwolves. And uh, one thing I love about Chad, and I I one time had a chance to co host a Sunday Twin show on a different radio station with Chad when I was like I was like twenty years old. And he greenlit, like, yeah, let this 20-year-old kid sit in with me and I'll show him the ropes and, and whatnot. He is a great interviewer. And Elite. He, he's not afraid to ask an uncomfortable question and press and follow up if the answer is not satisfactory. And he interviews politicians. He interviews governors and senators and sports legends. And Tim Connolly has not done a lot of media since he took over this job. He did come on the Mackey and Judd show. And we appreciate yep. that at the end of last summer, and he was great. Um, but he he generally has just kind of, you know he he dropped this blockbuster bomb on the league, and he hasn't done a lot of media. And then all this news comes out 
about the Washington job being open and how you know his first job in the NBA was with the Washington Wizards. He's got family out in the area, right? Baltimore. Yep. And so there's been all this steam about Tim Connolly maybe going back out with his family after one year here that maybe he, maybe they don't love it here, whatever. And so he goes on Chad Hartman's show on Friday, and I'm just I'm I'm going to just read you the transcript here. We don't have permission to actually play the clip. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to read you the transcript from Bring Me the News. So Chad asks, okay, do you want to write here? I can hear I can hear Chad. Chad, former play-by-play voice of the Timberwolves, by the way. <laughs> KG, over to Steph. Back to KG. Over to Sam. He says, do you want to write here, say without any hesitation, I am staying with the Minnesota Timberwolves no matter what? Or do you just want to be honest and say, this is a unique job, the Washington job. This is home. And at this point, I can't eliminate myself from that potential job opportunity. And Connolly says, no, I'm just totally focused on the Timberwolves trying to get us better. We didn't do better than last year. We got to figure out how we can make this team better. Just left the office watching draft videos. All eyes are on the Timberwolves and how we can make this team better. And hopefully next time we have this conversation, it won't be this early in the season. He's you know, kind of deflecting and saying, well, we're tr- trying to make the Timberwolves better. And Chad says, respectfully, though, that isn't really answering my question, right? You could just say that. Hey, 100%, I will be the Timberwolves president of basketball operations next year. Right, Tim? And Tim goes, yeah, that's certainly the plan. That's why we came here and moved here. Again, we got a lot of unfinished business. It's been a really fun year on and off the court. We're fully committed to being a Timberwolf. How would you rate his level of commitment after that exchange? Well, one of the things I like doing with you is since you've been in this game much longer than I have and I learned a lot from you, but I think some of the listeners do as well. One of the things you mentioned that I think is important is that that interview is awesome, and I think you should go listen to it, even though there are times kind of a nothing burger. But it is the flagship station of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he's Uh, grilling the president of basketball operations. Literally, uncomfortably. And by the way, Tim (laughs) Connolly took it so seriously that he was like pretty much had an AirPod in while he was like moving a stroller around or bringing a stroller back to his house. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was locked in in the office uh, for that interview. But... I only say that because I think Chad could maybe get away with pressing a little more. I've seen some people be like, why don't, why don't the other local media members, man, that's not how this works. Let's just well, flat out say it. Like, I'm not going to. It's get- actually the opposite sometimes in that if you're the, if you're the rights holder and you're, you're supposed to take it easy on the local teams. Right. And he, right. Do, he doesn't listen. You know, he's a 30 year pro in this industry was the voice of the Timberwolves for a long time. He's got the leeway to ask whatever he yeah, wants that's regardless I mean, yeah. of partnership. I, so I just think that like he knew that he could like because when he asked the question, I was listening to it live. I was like, oh, that's a good question. And then Tim just kind of skirted it. And then it was like Maury Povich cringe levels of real reality TV where he was like, Yeah, that's not what I asked you. And I was like, Oh, oh my God. Yes. No one like talk, we've asked about I've asked about this. I'm 34. I've asked about this for 44 years. Like, let's have accountability. With our professional franchises, like, that's not the worst thing in the world. So um, what do I take from that? I mean, that was on top of what he kind of said at exit interviews, and we, we talked about that. Uh, and then there was a kind of report today, too, from someone in Minneapolis that I'm unfamiliar yeah. with. So David David Shama. Okay. I can explain this real quick. So David Shama is uh, – he's a local media member. He has a newsletter, Shama's Headliners. I, I don't know what – what kind of reach he has in terms of like mainstream audience in the twin cities, but he does have connections and he did report 
Glenn Taylor said Tim Connolly is staying and has no interest in the uh, the Wizards job. Although Glenn Taylor also didn't even know who Tim Connolly was like a year ago. <laughs> so I don't I don't I know he's still the majority owner of the Timberwolves. I don't know that Glenn Taylor is the most plugged in to speak on what Tim Connolly will or won't do. So I do as you start to kind of dig behind the scenes. Like I I was actually thinking I'm hoping that like. Our friend and colleague Doogie will uh, get to meet up with Glenn because Doogie always gets Glenn just unfiltered. Um, but you've started to – I guess my thing is I haven't actually heard that the Wizards are interested <laughs> in Tim Connolly, right? Like I know maybe someone from The Athletic name-dropped him, but you've started to see the names that leak out. And I think they're all younger kind of minority candidates like a Trajan Langdon. Uh, there's someone from the Nets. Uh, I think last name is Peterson that's like kind of an up-and-comer. Um, but I, I, it seems like, oh, Milt Newton, who had a cup of tea with Minnesota Timberwolves. So they might have a specific type of, you know, candidate they're looking for. Um, and I don't even know if the Wizards are interested. So when that David Chama thing comes out and it's like, yeah, Tim's not interested in the Wizards. I do wonder too, if like, like if you're trying to like, I'm not interested in Kyle's like, well, I'm not interested in Phil. Like, you know what I mean? That type yeah. of back and forth. Uh, but it would have just been great. I, I can't believe that this man is, has 25 years of experience. I'm warming to him on some things. I said that last week where I was like kind of buying stock in him because I'm a degenerate, but I just can't believe that if you've been doing this for 25 years, you have all these relationships with agents and execs and stuff, you wouldn't just be better at this. And just, you know that if you dance around the response or the answer, it's going to make news. And if you're a president, don't you just want to eliminate, like this is the same team that punched each other on TV and like has had, you know, players only meetings and all this stuff like wouldn't you just want to like try to ease the drama and just say hey listen i'm signed up for five years i want to be here for five years we have so much to do we've got some work to do this obviously but yes i'm staying here and by not doing that even if that's what he meant it was just a really i thought kind of a missed opportunity to like you know we want consistency we want you know everyone to stick around and try to build this thing up like actual good franchises do and him not doing that on chad's show i thought was just kind of a a missed a missed chance to well, you know, yeah. Whatever. Also, what's I think what's bizarre about it is, let's say you are going through some back channel steps pursuing the Washington job. Let's just mm-hmm, say, mm-hmm. don't do an interview. It's not like <laughs> I think. I Jesus. think you yes, right? Like you could yes. you could easily. So he did the end of season thing, the media scrum, and I can't remember what the timing. If if there were some rumors at that point, this is going yeah, back a there were weeks. It it had been a little out there, yeah. And he had made a couple of vague comments about like that. The plan is to be here. He kept, he kept talking about like the plan is to be here. And maybe that's just his weird way of phrasing it. Just like you said, Hey honey, it's been, uh, been great being married to you. You know what, you know, do you see us being together for another 20 or 30 years? And if your response is sort of underwhelming, well, that's the plan, right? It's so, but so he did do that whole thing on, uh, you know, at the end of the season press conference, he's not obligated contractually from what I don't I don't think so to do like a radio interview if there's uncertainty so so if if there so if you're out of the wizards job running and there is no uncertainty then answer the question with more certainty I don't know if it's just like a lack of media savviness or what but uh and I don't the only time I've ever talked to him and it was on our show like otherwise it's just been sort of anecdotal the things I hear about him he seems like a really good affable guy and he seems like behind the scenes, even in Denver, it seems like he did a really good job just sort of building relationships with people and media. It doesn't it doesn't seem like a David Kahn situation where he's socially awkward, hard to work with, and doesn't get it. I don't think those things are true about Tim Connolly. 
it just kind of feels like he's being a little wishy-washy in, in the things that are being reported and in his answers to some of these direct questions. And it's, it goes back to, like, injury reporting or whatever. Like, it it is 2023, and we all have – I mean, truly, like, we all have more access to information than we've ever had before, and everyone and their cousin has a source that works in tickets and sales and marketing and stuff. Like, we know enough now that just be transparent. That's, I think, especially for this fan base – yeah, I always think of the Josh Kogi like left a game in L.A. He's cramping. Actually, he tore his hamstring off the bone type thing. It's like just be honest with us. And I think you make a really good point that if you know you're doing the Chad Hartman show, which is the flagship show and has you know thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners, you have to know that that question is going to come up. So I mean, if you're not, it, so then it's come back into like everyone else you talk to. I always reference the Nuggets people, the beat. Uh, they think Tim is awesome. I'm giving Tim, like, outside of the Rudy Gobert thing, which I think every day becomes more and more of a disaster or people get more and more frustrated. Like, there's a lot of good in my mind that I think he's done with some of the moves on the roster and some of the behind-the-scenes relationship building. But it's like, are you good at your job? Because if you're really good at your job and you have 25 years of experience, you have to know that going on the you know biggest radio show in the city, that's going to be, like, question number two. <laughs> right? Like, the season was a disappointment. What do you do moving forward? Hey, by the way, are you going to even be here? Like, are you... Where are you right now? Like GPS location. So the fact that he just dropped the ball and that's like, maybe he just didn't care, but you should care because, you know, I always, that's one of the things I loved about Flip Saunders was he was probably a little too public sometimes when he would do Friday radio hits. Like he would be like, Hey, you guys want to FaceTime? I'll show you the draft board. It's like, no flip. Like you just keep that to yourself. Like we don't need to know that, but at least he would TMI flip TMI tell you real things. And it's, I don't know. I, 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 that's my biggest gripe with him. I know Doogie had tried to do some media requests and like he was basically silent throughout the whole season, but then he just kind of yeah. pops up in Denver and not even Minnesota, by the way, but pops up in Denver to like, you know, just kind of talk to all the media members and kind of hold court while the Nuggets were actually supposed to be doing their media availability during that playoff situation. So it's just a weird way that he handles all this. I don't know if it's a PR thing, like the department or what it is, but I, there are other presidents. I mean, Sam Presti does exit interviews at the end of the season, and he does like two and a half hours, and he lets everyone ask a question, like literally anyone who wants to, and he'll tell you everything. You don't need to be fully transparent and tell me how the sausage is made, but like at least admit that you sell sausage is yeah. kind of my thing, and he doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess, okay, w- one last question on Tim Connolly, and then we can get into I'm At some point here soon, I'm going to read you three different D'Angelo Russell quotes from me. <laughs> Uh, what a lengthy day. athletic what a day. Q&A. We'll, get to, we'll also get to Kyle's question of the week and maybe even some fill in Kyle read the comments on Flagger and Howls. But I'm going to ask you a pointed Chad Hartman-like question. I want to see what your answer <laughs> is or if you answer the question. Do you want Tim Connolly back for a second year as the Timberwolves Pobo? I mean, that's the hope. No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, I'm gonna. This is where I'm gonna really go against the grain. I do, um, because I am more concerned with some of the other stuff you hear about, like his strong relationship with like an Anthony Edwards, or maybe even like a clutch, which is going to be something we're gonna talk about mo- more moving forward as Ant becomes more and more of a focal point, is like appeasing him, appeasing his agency. Uh, I think the relationship building, the connections, the ability to recruit talent. I mean, we'll see if they lose anyone in the front office this summer. I I don't think so, but um, I know that when people think of Tim Conley, they think of the Gobert trait, and I get it. Like, I'm not – anyone who's listened to you and I do this, like, we're not 
friends of his. But mm-hmm. I also think that some of the other stuff, like the Kyle Anderson move, from what I understand, was like a big Tim Connolly. Like, that's one guy when as soon as I get into Minnesota, I want to get for this franchise who Kyle Anderson has kind of become, as you watch the playoffs, like this team's Draymond Green or this team's Marcus Smart, like this kind of five-tool guy that can kind of connect all the pieces that might not fit as well as you would think. Um, And then, like, I obviously have said how much I believe in Josh Minot. Uh, I think that was a good second-round pick. The Walker Kessler pick was a Tim Connolly thing. Obviously, Walker Kessler was ready to play now, not like a two-year project. Uh, I also think, and we're going to get into this, but the Mike Conley trade to me was a home run, even if D'Angelo Russell is still, you know, playing well for the Lakers, the ability to get a stopgap point guard or a bridge point guard for now, a young player and Nah that you might be able to like turn into a foundation piece next to Ant and Jaden and maybe Nas, and then those picks. So I get it pretty much. I don't think there's a person in the state that has a lower approval rating than Tim Connolly, but I just go back to, I, I, I want to at least give him another chance to make one more move or do something else because yeah. if it's true that ownership had a big role in the Gobert thing, it was just like, <laughs> F them picks. We got to get this guy. We got to make a splash. And he was like, whatever, like I'll do that for you, but then let me kind of do what I want to do moving forward. I, I fear that the one of the reasons this franchise has been so dysfunctional is because every time someone mi- messes up or sucks, we just completely kick them out. And that's like why well, I don't want to fire Finch yet. It's like give, you know, some of these teams need a chance to like learn a little bit and like have some consistency. That's why I love the Nuggets so much. It's like they have a really stable front office, a stable coaching staff. Um, that's not a popular answer. I would love to know what your answer is, but as sick as it sounds, I think I want him here for another year to see what he can do now and clean up the mess that he kind of made. I want him back too, just to answer okay, my interesting. question. Okay, interesting. Am I as confident in him as maybe I was when they acquired him? Probably not, just no. because of some of the things we've just talked about. But you kind of hit on this. It's an organization outside of Flip Saunders that's just filled with turnover and chaos and uncertainty, unstableness. And I know that everyone's frustrated with the way the season didn't reach you know, the the expectations, the goals, 50 win regular season, get beyond the first round. They didn't really check any of those boxes. But they did go to the playoffs back-to-back years for the first time in almost 20 years. I think it would be a really weird look if you, again, if you just take yourself out of the weeds for a second. Hey, okay, this franchise, which has been beleaguered for a long time, they just made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. Is this the right time to go firing I don't think they would fire him, but like to go firing a, a president of basketball operations or a coach. Now, I do think, I don't think you can just go through the entire offseason without some major move of some kind. And so that's why I I do approve of a big trade of some kind. Yep. But he, can you walk the line of keeping things as stable as possible while also making a potentially necessary big trade to move forward, to evolve, and to fortify the roster around Anthony Edwards? And... I think Tim Connolly, I hate to use the word deserves because I don't know that deserves is the right word, but I'm curious to see him maneuver his way around this chessboard. I really like the Kyle Anderson signing. I really like the the Conley trade for D'Lo. And we'll get into D'Lo here in a second. So let's stack another good move. If you need to pull the trigger on a Carl Anthony Towns trade. I want Tim Connolly to take a crack at that. Like there's this franchise isn't in a rush to like move off Connolly. Like who? 
How, how many how many times do you have to recycle a GM or a coach every two or three years around here? How about just some stability would not be the worst thing for this and, franchise. And this is tough because this is like I know fan Kyle would not like agree with what I'm about to say, but a lot of times you just think of the executives or the front office or the GM as like, well, that's the dude who makes the trades. And that's true to an extent, but there is, and this is the kind of intangible stuff you can't really see or feel or smell. It's like, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And as, as much as we have all turned on him because he did make, I mean, we, let's just say it again. Like he made one of the craziest, probably worst trades in NBA history. There's still a lot of other stuff behind the scenes with respect. And I mean, you know, if he can, like if he convinces a Nas Reed to stay, I'm going to give a lot of credit to him because I know he's greasing the wheels behind the scenes and trying to get that all wrapped up before free agency. So I have no issue whatsoever with anyone disliking or hating that man for how he has, you know, I guess went all in and given up all the picks, but I don't think they're all in. I think they're pot committed and I, they have a draft pick a year from now. So I'm with you. I'd like to see him try to dig out of this. He's well-respected around the league, maybe not by us or the, the people who watch the team, but uh, I just don't want to do this thing where, you know, going back to my wife, like if you have a, if you start dating someone and you have a big blow up fight early on, I don't think every single time you have a disagreement, you should get a new girlfriend or a new boyfriend mm-hmm. or whatever. Like that sometimes used to be me back in the day, like, <laughs> oh, I'm oh, with we, you. Had, we had a fight, uh, therefore we're done. Right. No, no. You, okay. yeah, you left dishes in the sink. Like, all right, I need bring Sasha and Gupta back. <laughs> so I don't I, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I do really wonder if the Wizards even have much of an interest. I mean, they did lowball Tim. Tim said no. Uh, the Wizards owner seems like an interesting cat. So maybe he's like, you know what? Screw it. I want to go get someone else. Uh, so for better or worse, I think they're married together. We're going to see it out another year. And I do think even if you didn't love how Finch closed games or had rotations or you didn't love what Tim did with trades, I think there's value in like, okay, well, what if those were, you know, just – first year together mistakes and you can build upon them because you're seeing that now across the league like some of these teams that have gone through the reps of being bad or making mistakes uh you know people wanted darvin ham fired for a while and he started to figure it out once he had better players across the board you're seeing that in the league so i think tim conley is going to be making moves this summer i think he's gonna be signing guys trading guys and i think you'll see him and chris finch uh do you know media availability for media day for the next season uh up in september october yeah Things seem a little tense in Timberwolvesville here. I think everyone could use a little throttle therapy <laughs> this summer. Kyle, maybe cruise the water in luxury on a brand new Bennington pontoon from the Power Lodge. Enjoy sunset from the water. Entertain your family, your friends. Float on all the lakes all summer long. It all starts at the Lodge. So that the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge, with locations in Brainerd, Onamia, and Ramsey, and also Miller Marine in St. Cloud. Hundreds of pontoons in stock across all Power Lodge locations and Miller Marine. Get out there. Tim Connolly, get out there. How about Con- we need Connolly, Gobert, Kyle Anderson, anyone that's experienced any sort of turmoil or tension here. A big exhale on the lake could be did, your friend. I just want I did a, not to brag, but I did a 10K this week around a lake out here in Oregon. And uh, I was just reminded... Literally, I don't think there's anything I like more than lakes. As we get to know each other better and become better friends, I yeah. there is nothing better than being on a pontoon on a lake. I literally don't like – I think that would trump the Wolves like winning a championship to me. As much well, as I just, love that team, I just want to be on a pontoon with some country music. It, if I gave you two choices, hey, Timberwolves, <laughs> oh, Game God, 7, NBA Finals, 
uh, up against, I don't know, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat, a revenge game on Jimmy Butler, or you could just be floating on a Bennington pontoon courtesy of Power Lodge. You might vote pontoon Power Lodge. If, like if, yeah, if I can hang out with like one play, like if Jaden or Ant is on it, I would rather be on the pontoon. But if they're in that playoff game, maybe I'd go to that finals game. But pontoons are awesome, so uh, I'm glad that they're a sponsor because pontoons on lakes, that's a 10 out of 10 for me. Let's go. PowerLodge.com and MillerMarine.com. If you, uh, if you like this show, you can support us by supporting our sponsors, Power Lodge and Miller Marine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Okay, so D'Lo. Mm. I'm going to read you. I have three different quotes from his Q&A with The Athletic. <laughs> I'm going to read you each one. I'll read you the first one. I'll let you react, and then I can react to your reaction. And then we'll get to the second one, the third one. He said, quote, I felt like I was held back in Minnesota, honestly. I just kind of had to be the third option. Some nights I was a little more aggressive and was kind of being held back. So to be in a position now in L.A. where I can kind of thrive and be aggressive and it gets guys going, where the team reflects off anybody with that type of energy, it's fun. <laughs> I don't know what you want me. When I, when I first read that, my first thought, someone tweeted this out too, my first thought was, well, one, he said, I felt like I was the third option. I mean, he's at least the third option, if not lower, <laughs> that's, that's behind Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Dude, they they brought him in. If you remember, they brought Gerson Rosas brought him in. Gerson Rosas coming from Houston yep. brought him in to be the James Harden of this system and this offense. So to me, it's like D'Lo, buddy, guy. The only reason <laughs> why you're not the first or second option. Which this is a franchise for 20 years that's been starved for literally anyone to just take the franchise and run with it. Please. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyone want it? Does anybody want Does Kevin Love, do you want the franchise? Ricky Rubio, do you want the franchise? How about uh, Andrew Wiggins? It's your franchise if you want it. Carl Anthony Towns, who wants to carry this franchise? That's why you were acquired. You were acquired to run the franchise and then... Okay, it, it, clearly he's not the guy. Anthony Edwards comes in here. So if if you felt held back by the Timberwolves because Carl Anthony Towns and a 20-year-old and Anthony Edwards were, like, making sure that you're clearly the third guy, how are you not in a – like, you're behind two future first ballot Hall of Famers in LA. To me, it seems like he's very comfortable being the third or fourth guy. It's very obvious where he slots in Los Angeles, and therefore it's more more peace of mind for him. He – he wasn't good enough to be the first or second guy in Minnesota. And he's like reframing it to be the, well, they held me back. Dude, well, you're sitting behind LeBron James and Anthony Edwards in the pecking order in Los Angeles. What are you talking about? I also uh, struggled with the held me back part when it was a 2-2 series down in Memphis. And it was, I think, 116-115 Memphis with nine seconds left to go in a really important pivotal game in that series last year. And D'Angelo Russell went heavy ISO took a contested shot over, I believe, Dylan Brooks and hit the wrong, like the far he side of the backboard. He did not hit the rim, yes. Um, so if that's being held back, then, I mean, we're all, I guess, being 
held back. Yeah. Uh, While Anthony just, Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns stood on the right wing watching the whole thing play out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. You bring up the Rosas stuff. It That's a pivotal moment, too, is like Gerson Rosas comes in, was by all accounts, uh, at least at the job part of it, really good at his job. Bring you know makes the Wiggins trade, which at that time, if people remember, we all were told that Andrew Wiggins was like untradeable. So to go get a player that was like, oh, this is Carl's friend. He that we have a need for point guard, but then a year later, everything becomes so much different because the team wins the lottery for you know they they rarely ever have any lottery luck, and then Gerson Rosas has that whole situation off the court basically. So it did yeah. kind of change. I mean, it would have been interesting if the Wolves would have gotten the third pick in twenty twenty, like. Who do they do? Do they take James Wiseman? Is Delo the future of the franchise? Is Gerson Russell still here? But um, he's he's feeling himself for sure. I mean, he's the only member of that trade, right? That whether it be Russell Westbrook or Mike Conley or all those guys that is still playing basketball, uh, he has a chance to make kind of a run here. Uh, and Delo fans are super pumped about it. So I'm just kind of offline, let them have their flowers. But I will say this: it is going to be fascinating to see what his contract extension is this summer because everyone right now is just loving the deal stuff. But you know, that man is going to enter the summer thinking he's getting that Carlton towns, Devin Booker kind of max money. Um, and I will have the notifications on uh, monitoring that situation. Well, he did at the end of the Q and a, and we'll get to two more quotes here. He basically put the Lakers on sort of blast saying, and the author asked him about, you know, you know, do you want to stick around here? Your contract is up. And, and, and he said, like, you know, the Lakers have a decision to make on me. Why are you saying things like that during the middle as 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 not one of the number one or number two options? I think just maybe either relax in that Q&A. But one, one thing real quick, Anthony Edwards. So I'm trying to figure like, OK, how, how are you the third option for all your years in, in the Wolves organization? How are you being held back the first year he was here? which was, in fairness, a half season in 2019-20 uh, because the trade happened halfway through the season. Anthony Edwards was not on the team yet, so you were the number one or number two option for the first part of that year. And there are some cat injuries in here, too. And then there was rookie 19-year-old Anthony Edwards in 2020-21. He was not the ant we know now. And uh, so, again, like D'Lo was not the third guy then. I would even argue last year, even though Anthony Edwards emerged and shot the ball more, especially in the playoffs, He's 20 years old. Like he, Anthony Edwards right. for half the season wasn't the Anthony Edwards we know now. So for ch large chunks of three seasons, there was very clearly nobody holding you back from just running the show if you were good enough to do that. So it's just such weird revisionist history to be like, oh, I never felt comfortable. I was the third guy in Minnesota. And you were brought in to be the number one or number two guy. My guy. overall take on him, guy, my overall take on him is that I, I, I think he's better than most people think he is like as a player, and I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. I think that's pretty an easy way to sum it up. He's better than what no. Ryan Rosillo always says, and he's not as good as D'Angelo Russell thinks he is. Um, well. And his fans, you know, see the see the you know the transition threes or some of the flashy passes. I mean, there is not a player on earth that was you could create a, in a lab that is better for D'Lo and how he plays than Anthony Davis. He's mm -hmm. elite in the pick and roll. He's better than Gobert. He has better hands. He can finish. He can space. And he also... As every you know, D'Lo I think started the last Laker game with 14 points in the first quarter, and then had three back cuts where his guy had a layup every time. And the only one to kind of sniff that out was Anthony Davis. So he's in a better spot. I will always be appreciative of him because again, I kind of say that I thought he was the bridge that kept Carl here. Maybe you don't like Carl. Maybe you want Carl to go, but at least in that moment, 
it was big for this franchise coming off of what was an embarrassing situation with Tibbs and Jimmy Butler. And then he was also the guy that, you know, whatever, won them the first overall pick. I remember when he was fist pumping. That's like his moment in Timberwolves lore is we got Anthony Edwards and then uh, Ant came in and just was better and a better leader. I mean, again, we had those quotes, right, a couple months ago that leaked out after he was gone. And then Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert punched each other. So mm-hmm. I don't think all the issues of this season were D'Lo, but there was a much more level of professionalism and just kind of camaraderie and able to get over issues faster and less stuff behind the scenes when he was gone. So I wish him well in L.A. He's playing well. But again, I, his what he gets for a contract this summer is going to be like the the determining factor in who wins the D'Lo debate because it's going to be much lower than I think people think. The second quote here real quick, he says, I felt that my confidence was being taken away with the style I was playing in. I'm a killer, man. I'm a bird that needs to fly, and I couldn't really fly there. I had to kind of cater to guys. He's like, dude, you're you're literally playing with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, And respectfully, I was with it because we were winning, but I know what type of player I am. I just want to say, Again, the Timberwolves would have loved for you to carry this franchise, especially the first two years. Mm-hmm. It wasn't some conspiracy that you were not the guy that was the centerpiece of this franchise. He wasn't. He wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. He should. He he should. I've been saying this all along. His destiny is to be like the third or fourth option, or maybe a sixth man scoring punch off the bench of a really good team, which is kind of what's happening in L.A. right now. Mm-hmm. It's a LeBron Anthony Davis show. There's some. There's some other players in there that and on any given night, it could be like another random third guy that pops up, and he's one of those guys, right? Or he can score 20 points a night on the Orlando Magic or somebody. Or right, you know, yeah, pick, yeah, yeah. pick your – like go, go to the Rockets and score like 22 points a game. Those are the two options for him. You can either be the third or fourth guy or a sixth man off the bench on a good team, or you can be the guy, the man, the you know the killer, as he says – on a team that wins 21 games. And some of it doesn't even make sense. Like, I know he's, again, he's feeling himself. His team is making a run. Who knows? They might make a finals run. They might win it. Uh, But some of those things, it's like we've talked now enough about how Carl Anthony Towns' kind of mental makeup is. I'm pretty sure that Carl would have been like, oh, D'Lo, you want to drive the bus? Like, you can drive the bus. Like, Carl has shown at least one of the pros of him, maybe a con, I guess, too, is like an ability to defer to others. Like, no, you. this can be your team. Um, Ant was always very and has been always respectful of, like, his elders or his vets, and I don't think he would have complained. So it's like, to your point, if D'Lo wanted to make the Minnesota Timberwolves his team, he could have done it <laughs> and probably would have had a better chance at a bigger payday had he have just played better basketball. But, I mean, like, the splits of what he's doing now in L.A. to what he's doing in Minnesota are the same. It's not like... You know, he's shooting he's the, a little bit better, but also everyone that's ever played with LeBron James yeah. and Anthony Davis gets more open looks than they would have, you know, wherever else they were playing. He, and so. he's, listen, he's, he, I guess my thing is he could have been the alpha in the locker room. And I think at times tried to be, and maybe was, I don't know. Um, he is not the alpha in that locker room. It is LeBron James's locker room. It's Anthony Davis's locker room. It hell, it might be Rui Hachimura's locker room or Dennis Schroeder. Like, so I don't know what pecking order he is down there. He also was like pulled at times in games two against the, the Grizzlies in that first round, he had the same struggles as he did last year against the Grizzlies, but he's feeling himself. Uh, it was a good article at the time by The Athletic, but the quotes, uh, none of them make any sense, and that just kind of sums up my opinion on him. And then the last quote here, and then we can move on to other things. Uh, Delo said, I learned so much from the Warriors, his time with the Warriors, brushing <laughs> shoulders with Steph Curry, seeing how he operates, how he moved, how he talked. 
Draymond Green, seeing the way that he can play defense. What everybody there does is special, and I got to cross paths with it. I got to see all that, and I put it all in my bag and took it with me. You know what I mean? Uh, as someone that watched the four years after his time in uh, Warriorsville, I don't know what you mean, actually. I don't, I don't see the cross between Steph Curry and Draymond Green uh, as much as maybe he sees in himself. So I, I DeAndre Russell played three months with the Golden State Warriors. So I don't know what kind of internship he had where he was rubbing shoulders and elbows <laughs> with Steph Curry. He played 33 total games with the Golden State Warriors. So he must have been on one hell of an internship. Uh, again, I just... Yeah, he's I don't better than he's, guys. he's better than most people think. He's not as good as he thinks. I wish him well. Um, but it is those comments that come out in a moment of like, hell, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a good week. Uh, vote me for president. That probably did also rub a lot of people the wrong way. Again, stats are stats. He's playing well right now, but stats are also stats. And this is like his fifth team in what, seven years, eight years. Uh, he might, you know, he, he was moved out of L.A., he was moved out of Brooklyn. He was moved out of Golden State. He was moved out of Minnesota. And we'll see. We're a month and a half away from seeing if the Lakers want to move on from him or keep him. So if they sign him to a big fat max contract, he'll get everything he wants, living in California, going to Nobu. Um, but like to your point, if he's six weeks away from being this backup point guard to Jalen Suggs in Orlando, uh, we might have to have this conversation again. Yeah. Okay, uh, let, let, we're going to try and sprinkle in. We're going to go weekly for the majority of the summer here on Flagrant Halls. And so what we will try to do, Phil and Kyle, read the comments as much as possible. I want to get to this one. This is from about a week and a half, two weeks ago, from Jesse Norell. Okay. And I believe he dropped this into, I don't know if this is from YouTube or if I grabbed this from the Score North app, the feedback tab. But you can hit us up through any of those channels. He says, I have a bunch of things I've been meaning to ask, perhaps off-season Timberwolves fodder. The national media is his first category. The way the national media treats this team is bizarre. Did you ever see where Mark Spears said on the jump a year or two ago that Timberwolves fans were soft for both cheering and booing Jimmy Butler when he blew up the team, but also uh, but also played for a while after that? Then, he, then uh, did you see in the Denver series, one of the national announcers said, I don't think Wolves fans know what they have yet in Anthony Edwards. Literally, what the hell? He's the only thing we know. Could they please stop making assumptions about Wolves fans? They have no idea what it's like. <laughs> and and they don't, right? I mean, I, no one that has ever really commented on them takes the time. I, I think about this, too. Like, it's hard enough to be on top of all the news and happenings of one team that you like or cover, uh, let alone to be locked into all 30. It will never really change. I mean, even, like, if they make runs and Anthony Edwards ascends to that top five status— Look how quickly the media has turned on like a Giannis and the Bucks or some of these other like super duper stars and small. I mean, if the if the Nuggets kind of choke against the Suns in this series, they will come for Jokic. They the national media will come for that man, and it'll be gruesome. So it is what it is. I, I've I've been in those shoes too. I've complained about it on this podcast that like you know there's just not a lot of attention, and the only reason I worry about that is because I think sometimes that can infiltrate players minds and that's why they think about larger markets is you know every no wh whoever plays for the lakers it's always you know rosy yellow glasses every way they talk about them so it'll never change until this team wins and wins more consistently uh, and that's why i believe in ant because i think he's got that personality i mean the wolves were never having people on the jump before ant i mean maybe carl yeah. after like a 60 point game in san antonio or something but He's a reoccurring, you know, person on a lot of pods, and he he's the type of guy that can literally lift. That's why I love 
watching Anthony Edwards. He can lift this franchise and erase a lot of that bad extra baggage that has come with them over the years. But I'm with you. It's just it's just another reason to uh, like and subscribe to Flagrant Howls or to support the local media people covering it because I think they put on a, a better showing and tell players' stories better and just give you a better true opinion of, of what's going on with, with your favorite basketball team. Uh, one more read the comments here for now. This is from the Score North YouTube channel. And by the way, if you are watching us on the Score North YouTube, cha- uh, YouTube channel, if you could click subscribe and the like button, it helps spread the word about the show to fellow Timberwolves fans. And if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, it'll do the same thing. So T. Kluber says, Walker Kessler named first-team all-rookie this week. Imagine him next to Jaden, Minot, Ant for the next decade. Just need a young point guard to go along with that. Yeah. He he uh he he is great. Uh if he wasn't good, I wonder how we would talk about the Gobert trade because yeah, they still gave up picks. But like if you're watching like Patrick Beverly had a pretty reduced role in, you know, LA and then moved on to Chicago. Malik Beasley doesn't play. <laughs> For the Lakers, Vando obviously is a really nice piece uh, on a nice contract, still young. Um, but the Kessler thing is kind of is what really pushes it over the line of like that was a bad trade to that was a really really historically bad trade. Um, but I mean, it also just goes back to whatever dumb analogy I said about blowing off your finger with fireworks. Like this, it is what it is. It's all done. I, I wonder if Walker Kessler would have. I believe a lot in players getting drafted to the right team, and I do wonder if Walker Kessler would have had a chance to develop here as well as he's done in Utah, but he's great. I mean, he's a really good player. I'm interested to see what it's like when he starts, they start game planning for him more or like attacking him more. Um, and you know, if he, if he can do it again next year in his second year, then it's just even worse. The trade is even worse, but mm-hmm. I still think there's some time to figure out. I mean, that Utah team was playing meaningful games for the most part, but never truly meaningful games. Like I'd like to see Walker Kessler in a playoff series. Like, can he stay on the floor? Uh, so it's interesting, but I mean, we, we don't talk enough about the Cavs, what they gave up, man. They gave up the most improved player of the year. They gave up those same picks and they already have what appears to be like a disgruntled player in Donovan Mitchell, who's already got one eye on, on the big apple. So Walker Kessler is good. I think people inside Minneapolis or in that, inside the Timberwolves organization thought he was good, which is like, well, what the hell, man? Why See, did that, that's what I choose to take away that Tim Connolly has a keen yep. eye for NBA draft prospects, so much so that he was willing to just punt one in that trade to the Utah Jazz. Hey, Chris Finch loved the Kessler pick. I, I remember hearing that specifically, and for him to be gone, it was like, okay, well then he must love getting a three-time defensive player of the year. Uh, it just hasn't clicked as well as it's clicked in Utah, but Walker Kessler's good. I didn't think he was good. I have tweets out that are like, whatever you do, just don't draft that guy. Whatever you do, don't trade for Rudy Gobert. Both things have happened, and now this is my life. Uh. Uh, in our final couple minutes here, it's time for Kyle's question of the week on Flagrant Howls. Okay, so I saw that you were promoting uh, on Mackie and Judd starting. Is it every Monday now? You're doing State of the Twins? State of the Twins every Monday, yeah. Okay, well, this is still a uh, company man. This is where I get a lot of my other – I'm a diehard Twins fan, diehard Vikings fan, diehard Kraken fan. Anytime you want to talk about the Kraken, let me know. Uh, Let's do it. I'm just curious, and I want to go back to you because you covered the Twins on the beat and have done it for many years. Uh, a lot of people that cover the Twins are really good, like just like the people that cover the Wolves um, from a blogging standpoint, podcasting, whatever. But it does seem like, and I want to know why, why some, not all, not a broad brush, why some people that cover the Twins 
seem to have this superiority complex over like people that cover the Timberwolves or the Timberwolves in general. And I always hearken back to like the last time the Twins won a playoff game, a playoff game, not a series, a playoff game. A game. Was 2004. I was George a freshman. George W. Bush's first administration. Yeah. yeah. So again, I'm just wondering like, you you get this credit, you trademarked it, but the Minnesota Timberwolves fans, Eminem, 8 Mile thing, about we know all the things to say against us, we're very self-aware. I think that's what makes this fan base so awesome is that we're very self-aware. I sometimes wonder, and I am a Twins fan, why the self-awareness doesn't translate over because it's like the Twins are also kind of a dumpster fire for the last 20 years. And I just don't think that some of the people that cover that, they yeah. cover that like they're more like the Vikings then they more like the twins. And I don't know if I'm wrong, oh, man. but I'm just is, curious. And I know I'm opening myself up to some feedback here, but uh, I always just think the twins are more Timberwolves over the last 20 years than they are Vikings. They're and kind I defer of, to you. Yeah, the Timberwolves have had a lot more regular season embarrassment. You know, the twins have oh, at least won the division. That's true. I think, I think the level of just incompetence and... And just if, if you were to start to list all the really embarrassing things between the Twins and the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves list would be a lot longer the last 20 years. So I will I will give the Twins that credit. Okay. But there, I think the best way I can phrase it is, and, the, and credit to the Twins, the Twins as an organization have done an amazing job convincing the public that they remain this little engine that could, and anything that they do, winning divisions, even getting to the playoffs – is is just an act of sheer organizational genius. And hey, if you criticize our shortcomings, shame on you. Look at all the great things we've accomplished as a shoestring budget organization, which I don't think is correct anymore. Since they moved into Target Field, they've generally had league average payrolls. They've had now in terms of like revenue, you could start to break down, all right, you know, rank all the teams because it's not like the NBA and the NFL where everyone is kind of equal. Like if you're Charlotte and you're New York, you're, yep. you have the same amount of money to spend on your roster in the NBA and in uh, in the NFL. That's not the case in baseball. So in some ways, I think throughout the last 20 years, the Twins have probably overachieved based on how much money they pump into their team. But in other ways, they do have, and they've built this organizationally, an amazing protective shell around their brand. Okay. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. There really is. And, and I, I remember, the spot. dude. I know. No, but. dude. When I, when I covered that team, and I was, I was a Twins beat writer for like four years working for, for 1500 ESPN radio. And so I did radio shows, which were more opinion-driven. And then I covered the team, which was more of like news reporting and insiding and stuff. So it was kind of a tough line to walk when you'd, you'd say something, you'd rip someone on the radio, and then you'd walk into the clubhouse, and they'd glare at you, right? But... um I remember there was a couple times where I would, I would criticize Ron Gardenhire or criticize Terry Ryan or Bill Smith in the front office, and they took personal offense. Like I would get called into the principal's office, get sat down, have to sort of explain. Not, not that I had to explain, you know, it's it's a free country. I can write whatever <laughs> I want. But you know, you'd have to like you'd have like a back and forth sparring session about a line in an article or something. And so there was always this this kind of protective nature of like, why are you criticizing us for this? Oh, because I think you deserve it. You know, you guys are, it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar entity. You guys are fine. You big boys, you can take criticism. Sometimes I feel like the Timberwolves are Teflon. And I don't know, maybe you've gotten this like, oh, I can only count maybe once or twice in 20 years where I've gotten a call from someone and I've hammered the Timberwolves and Glenn Taylor for two decades. 
And I can count maybe twice where someone from the organization has called or texted or said, hey, man, like what you said was I want to fight you, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. And the Vikings like that. They just don't. They're so big. They just I've been ripping Kirk Cousins for three years. And not once has anyone said like, well, you what are you ripping Kirk Cousins for? That's not very nice. (laughs) And, And some of this was inspired. Someone sent me. I don't check it out too often but someone sent me like a jim suhan article where he kind of like almost pseudo defended like the wolves and carl and mm-hmm. used it was like why don't we have the same keep that ha- you know hashtag keep that same energy for how we talk about the wild uh and i know over here at score north like judd and declan do a, a really good job of they painted a pretty gruesome picture of when the wild kind of collapsed but mm-hmm. all this stemmed from and this is the worst way to stem from it but somewhere in one of my comments and mentions there was like a back and forth between a, a wolf's random fan and a twins random fan and they were going at it and the twins fan told them deep in the recesses of a, of a tweet i had like hey go win a playoff series yeah and i was just like go win a playoff game. go win up a playoff game like i don't yeah. like we're if it's okay that we're both just kind of these down there you know we're, we're not f franchises anymore i think the wolves are like hey back-to-back playoff runs like we're now d minus or d level and we're ascending but i just wanted your opinion because you've kind of mm-hmm. been my twins guy and i was just i don't uh it's just let's all embrace it and i'm a diehard twins fan i bought the MLB package. I watch all the games, but I don't think that that franchise right now is any better than the weird one that you and Not I right talk now. about once a week. No, and just know that the Timberwolves have won, I believe, four playoff games to the to, the the Wolves have won four playoff games to the Twins zero since the Twins last won a playoff game. And the 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 Timberwolves probably scored more points over the weekend than the Twins did. So, and the Timberwolves yeah, don't even play. They're in Cancun. Pretty, it was pretty close. So, well, thanks for that. I, I wanted your opinion. I'll, I'll, we'll get back to, like, would you rather fight a dog or a, a bear or a shark next week? But I wanted your opinion on that because I was like, we're all, come on. Unless you're the Vikings, we're all pretty much the same franchise right now. Wild, Timberwolves, Correct. Twins. Sometimes it feels like the Twins try to resist being in that bin. But, dude, 0-18 in their last 18 playoff games. <laughs> and it kills me. I is, hist- it's, it is worldly historical. Worldly historical. It's the longest, worst team losing streak, playoff losing streak, in North American team sports history. And I think the only reason why we say North American is because no one bothered to do like the math in Europe or Asia <laughs> or Australia or Antarctica yeah. or wherever else, the hell else they play sports. So, anyhow. We need the Twins and the, and the Timberwolves to also be good. It'll be fun for everyone, but <laughs> we're on the same level. And hug your local Twins blogger. Hug your local Timberwolves blogger. We're all in it together. We are. We'll get through it together. All right. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. This is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant Howls.